0: This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to this, an Ask Brothers Rantcast, an Ask Bros OG, the Ask Bros OG after playing the scum down the road. And uh, look, mate. Twitter has been vile. Uh, uh, WhatsApp has been vile. People who I consider to be very level-headed, very, very thoughtful, considerate Arsenal fans have spent the last two days with veins popping out of their fucking forehead to such a degree I'm, I'm worried about them stroking out. That one goes out to you, Potsy. Um, Toby, I don't know. I I kind of I I don't know where to start today. I don't know where to start talking. I guess I'll start with just your, like what your immediate emotion is after the game and whether or not you're surprised by the events of the match. Let's kick it off there, and then it'll go wherever the fuck it wants to go.
1: No, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> surprised. Um, you know, I, I tipped. Spurs for a win and, and whether that was my own self-preservation or not or just that was an entirely logical thing to do, I don't know. Um, no, I wasn't surprised. Did I think for a moment it would ever get this bad? Probably not. Have I decided to completely, you know, become AFTV, you know, the reactive version of um of Aspros? No no so i will i will continue to um support try not to make immediate like knee jerk reactions you know hate on a player particularly post game or or decide the manager's done or decide this or decide that because i think um i think we've been there recently in the last couple of years anyway and i don't think it'll be any good for anybody if we were to go down that path. Um, so I, I don't, don't want to ramble it would be good too for much.
0: Content, Toby. I don't think it would be good for content for us to go down the path of shouting and screaming and carrying on. But I, I don't think that it's not okay for people to be starting to question Mikel Arteta now. I don't think that that's an issue. I'm not. I'm not going to be one of these. You know, what I called a couple of weeks ago. You know, toxic positivity people who are just like no 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 everything is fine it's not his fault it's not this it's not that i just wanted to caveat that for that within Aspros there is space for all of you there is space for everyone there is space for the people who want to scream and shout and jump up and down there is space for people who want to be you know overtly positive about things but what i think we were sort of chatting before the show toby what i think you and i want to do is take the the have an attempt at taking the logical high ground here as in actually removing some of the emotion, removing the rawness, removing the fact that it's against Tottenham and it fucking hurts and it always hurts more against Tottenham and actually maybe starting by having a look at the two types of tactics that got played, the reasons why that might have been played instead of just staring at them. Sorry, this beer is so gassy. I'm already burping. Um, Instead of just staring at the emotion after the game, which I think a lot of people do, they see after the game and then they start applying this thing like, why did that happen and why did that happen? But I'd rather go back to the beginning, Toby. I'd rather go back to the start of it and kind of say, okay, well, what was the mentality here? And what was the mindset? And why didn't Mikel Arteta go out in a low block with five across the back and stack his midfield and play a completely possessionless game against the Tottenham, who he knew wanted us to attack them, and who he knew wanted to counter-attack us.
1: Where the fuck do I start with that? And and to make a previous, um, you know, backtrack on a previous statement, I'm not for one second not questioning Arteta's either selection or or certainly formation, or even more than formation rather, the, the incessant... Tactics of overloading only from the from the wing space. I'm I'm completely disillusioned with that game plan, and I just flat out don't understand it anymore because um, it's certainly not paying dividends. Your question before I backtracked and forgot about the question. It feels like he did play into Mourinho's hands because that's Mourinho one hundred one hundred one. You know, and and look, let's just say, if you're a Spurs supporter, I realise it's nice to win, but do you really want to cede eighty percent of possession to a team that can't fucking score any goals anyway? Is that fun for you? Is that fulfilling as a supporter? I would argue probably not. But being top of the tables, probably pretty fun as well. So, did Arteta play into Mourinho's hands? Potentially, yes. Did he try the double bluff? Possibly. Mm. You know, did did he try and say um, and we'll get on to this, Partey is back in the team. He shouldn't have been, by the way. Um, <laughs> we are we are gonna go out there and, and, and attack and we're gonna try and, and um take this and surprise them because they they know we know what they think we know we know, if that makes sense. You so
0: know, you know what I know that <laughs> he knew that we know.
1: <laughs> so it's it was pretty horrible. Um, the The goal itself was a bit of a worldy, although I think we I think we contributed to that certainly. Um, and the second goal, there was um, variables leading to that. Also, where we made where we made personal errors, tactical errors, um, coaching errors. So overall, it's um it's pretty fucking flattening and disheartening. But what are you going to do from here? I mean, were we were we ever really expecting with well, the I form guess totally of our this team?
0: Is, I guess this is where you know the conversation has to end up without us trying to have the entirety of the conversation in the first six and a half minutes of this. Okay, is what happened, I'm out of here. I've, I've said this, everything. This is what happened, and this is this is what's going to happen. And um, mm. so, just sort of mm. focusing back on that that initial idea or that initial concept of Arteta and how he wanted to play and and how his intention to play was. I put up a tweet, Toby, saying something along the lines of I kind of felt that Arteta, the player, got the better of Arteta, the manager, in this game. And Arteta was close enough to having been a player, to being an Arsenal captain, close enough to understanding a North London derby and what was expected in a North London derby. And also, I, I think, wounded enough, that he would start making these concepts of double bluffs. and, and Do you get what I mean by that? It's, it feeds into a little bit into what you said about, you know, do the Tottenham fans really want to sit there at home, seed 80% of possession, have like 0.3 XG in a game, score one goal from a screamer and one goal from a, a what ends up being a Thomas party, little bit of a fuck up from him, but I will go into that. And I mm. think Arteta may have looked at the... I think that arteta may and i think you could say this about a lot of his management at the moment i think he might be too connected too close to what the fans want and therefore what the fans are saying which is what is influencing the press which is influencing the press to to make him question what he already knew anyway which was that we probably weren't good enough to play within the systems that he wanted to play in and i did get the feeling he looked at this game and thought if i go out and i lay down and i play five at the back and I tell these players now with their mental state where I'm already losing them and they're losing the will to play for me, if I say to them, Tottenham is better than you, Tottenham is as good as Man City, Tottenham is as good as Liverpool, and we're going to go out there and we're going to play them like those teams and we're going to sit in the low block and we're going to be passive, I I wonder if you looked at that and thought that that was more detrimental to the mental state of the team than maybe getting the team together and saying, you're Arsenal, this is Tottenham let's go out and show them what we've got and for large portions of that game toby i mean there are there are metrics that show improvement but those metrics aren't backed up by goals so uh, uh, taking aside the fact that uh, there is a lot of this is due to uh, a lot of the, the the chances created are due to crossing and we will we will cover that off a little bit later on because so i think it's important but Against Wolves and against Tottenham compared to the previous games since we have moved to this four or we've moved away from this five at the back, and granted the results haven't been there, but the final third entry passes have doubled and the chances created per game have nearly quadrupled. That would lead you to believe that we are being incredibly inefficient with the chances that we're creating and those chances that we're creating I don't think are super, super high XG. But it does give you somewhat of an understanding of the fact that an intentional move away from the structural side of Arsenal has been put in place, and it may be difficult, and it may take time for us to actually get those to, to get those metrics moving forward and scoring goals, especially when through playing all of those structures. Fuck off! Especially through playing all of those structures, we may have actually uh, like kind of made our strikers disenfranchised with what we were doing. And now we're left with now trying to play into a more attacking structure with having them out of form. And it's the like mm. these compounding. Do you know what I mean? It's like these compounding things at the moment where he's kind of done something <laughs> one hand. And then I'll just finish with this, Toby. If there is any criticism of Mikel Arteta from me, any criticism of Mikel Arteta at all from me, it's that I think that he didn't have the wherewithal to stick to what he thought he knew. He came in and he tried to play attacking football when he started. He realised it didn't work and he had to play structural football until he had the players that he needed in. And then he's moved to a more attacking sense of football and it's now left him in limbo where I don't think the team is bought in one way or another. and That may end up actually being his major downfall. Hmm.
1: Well, you've certainly made a whole bunch of statements. that's really made it difficult for me to answer any type of question. Um
0: I guess, Look, okay, I, I, guess the first, I guess the first bit for you to respond to is the concept of the fact that he would have mentally crushed them if he sent them out to defend against Tottenham.
1: Okay. That, I, I like your thought process what, with it. I think he played the uplifting um, mental game and tried to empower his team to believe in themselves. Um, now I remember in terms of the, you know, the entry passes or whatever metric you were using – Having 50,000 crosses a la Moyes at Manu, to me, doesn't impress me enough to say that it's working or we're we're moving in the right direction. So I'm probably not going to buy into that too much. I think. Final
0: third entry passes would lead us to to believe that the ball is progressing into the final third more, though, which was one of the option one of the issues prior. Once we get there, I completely agree with you.
1: There's no XG though. So, no one is really going beyond the defender. They're hitting, if they are hitting the byline, they're doing it under immense pressure with one or multiple defenders closing them down. We've multiple defenders in the box, and we're not getting any, um, you know, meaningful chances. Nor are our players suited to this style of system. And that's the thing that irks me more than anything else. If you were going to go and fucking offer Andy Carroll a contract or go get fucking Duncan Ferguson out of retirement, then I would see some type of cohesion. But Abameyang, for a start, is out of form. You're not playing to any of his strengths. We've got Lacazette in the same boat, who's all of like five foot ten. If. At, you know, at, at the absolute most. You've got Willian, that's not his game. So we're playing all sorts of, um, well, I don't want to say all sorts of system because it's one system, but that is so not working. And then dropping Lacazette into a number 10 role. And just because he he played well in that he worked hard didn't mean that he played well, that it suited him or he affected the game. So in, in terms of that, I'm gonna make another comment in the middle and then I'll get on to the formation thing and what you were saying about sticking with the low block and what what he should have known. Now, I feel like the the, the I've lost my train of thought the the desire to play the the number 10 just or a second striker or a third midfielder or whatever. It's kind of none of the above, you know. So maybe Lacazette played the Willock role from the previous week that also didn't work. So maybe it's a it's a personnel thing, um, and yeah, it's 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 really difficult to um, to put your finger on the the difference though with the with the teams and where I do really really have to question Arteta is. It's just the desire of the players. If you compare ourselves to Tottenham, the sprint speed, both in an attacking sense and in the defensive spent sense, every single desire to win every single one-on-one and the aggression showed from players all over the pitch, like their Dutch forward who was defending half the time, roughing us up, making transition, the explosive power. Um, I'm not trying to like be too noshy with Spurs here but a number nine in, in Kane, who is the perfect foil to bring Son and others into the game. You know, he, he attacks the ball with his back to goal, you know, receives it, knocks our players out the way, spreads it wide, you know, he's heading out from his own box. He's doing, you know, so you've got these power runners who are committed to winning the individual battles. And for me, that's the biggest issue with Arsenal, because we're kind of stuck in nimbo with players that are technically okay, but not that technical, fairly weak-minded, fairly physically weak, you know, and we're just not winning those but one-on-ones. All the,
0: things that you're, all the things that you're saying, Toby, in that sense, heavily come back to squad, right, which is what we've been saying for weeks and weeks, which is why I kind of... Not took umbrage, but I've I've had some conversations with people online where I've said, look, you cannot say for six weeks the squad is shit, the squad is shit, the squad is shit, and then over the course of a game or two decide that the manager is complete and total shit and needs to be removed. I think that the, the no, systemic no. failures that we have across the squad that don't allow us to play with the right int- intensity. And it was interesting, you know, when I was listening to them go through the Arsenal teams and the and the 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 Tottenham teams. I wasn't staring at that Tottenham team thinking, how fucking amazing is this. I mean, outside of the obvious players, Toby, who stick out. And I would they work that, in
1: a coaching they work in a coaching system. You know, yeah, and I, mean, and I, I think and I, Toby, I yeah.
0: understand I understand all yeah. of that. And that's the, that's the point that I am getting to as well. Mm. Right. Is that you have someone like Mourinho who backs his system who may have looked at that team and looked at the strengths and weaknesses of that team and is playing in a particular way. I would argue that what Mourinho is doing at Tottenham, maybe with some slightly better players who are a bit closer to success. And do you get what I mean by close to success is they have more recent successes, which means they have more recent belief. Champions mm-hmm. League finals, top four finishes. All of this stuff. And and and, oh, no, and I, a couple I of clever argue.
1: signings, a couple of clever yep. signings like Hoyberg, who no one would I
0: don't think we haven't had clever yeah. signings either. So I think that's a fallacy yeah. as well because I think Gabrielle is a clever signing. I think yeah, Tierney yeah, so is a do
1: clever I. signing.
0: Yeah, um, so I do think I. that Thomas Party is a clever signing. So you do know, I. We have, yep. I think that some of the kids yep. that they have around the space, if I look at what we have on the bench, I can look at those as well. So I don't think there's a huge disparity within the squads. I think what you do end up with is you end up with a Tottenham team who are all pulling in one direction, who have two guys up top who are so supremely confident that when mm. the opportunity does come, they, one, know exactly where the other person is going to be, and they, too, have the confidence and the balls to cunt it and finish it when it needs to happen. So this, this, this yep. notion of, of the players being complete and total garbage is equally as crap as the notion that it is entirely Mikel Arteta's fault. And this is going to be the general kind of rhythm of the conversation, Toby. That's a good point. Can I just say one more thing before you jump in? Yeah. I think that when people look at the amount of crosses against Wolves and they look at the amount of crosses against Tottenham, they have to understand something that I, I think that a lot of fans don't pay enough attention to. There are two teams and there are two managers. Right, and there are two tactical battles going on. Arsenal does not have the divine right to just dominate whoever they play against. Mikel Arteta does not have the divine right to immediately a better, to be a better tactician than Mourinho or a better tactician than bearded Portuguese person who I've forgotten his name. Now, what I'll say about you no know-
1: Esperanto, Sancho. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What I will say about Wolves and what I will say about Tottenham is in two weeks we've come up against two teams who are two of the most structured teams in the Premiership and two of the most drilled teams in the Premiership. Hard running
1: and neither want the ball.
0: So if you were coming up against Arsenal right now and you were coming up against Mikel Arteta, you would be saying, have the wide areas. I don't give a fuck. We will yep. stack the midfield, we will back our big bruising central defenders, we'll back our Sissokos, yep. we'll back our Art yep. Bellworlds, we'll back our dyers, and we'll get yep. rid of that issue. And we will force you into we will by stacking the midfield and by stacking the, the center third of the pitch, we will force you into making crosses because we mm. know that for you to hurt us on that, it has to be an eye of the needle cross and it has to be put onto someone's head who that's not their game. Now, I guarantee okay, you, Toby, this if is you a very have a Sharoud there, or if you have an Andy Carroll there, or if you have a Duncan Ferguson there, the manager on the other side is not thinking, give them the wings and let them cross. If you had mm. a Sharoud there, you'd be thinking, press up through the middle and stop Sharoud because he's not going to lay the ball off for you.
1: I like where you're going with this, because as a defensive team, you have the ability to push the opposition into areas that you feel comfortable with. So you push us into the wide areas. You know, you don't have an Aaron Ramsey anymore arriving late in the box. You know that our forwards are crap headers. They need the game to be in a certain way where they get in behind or, or um, Lacazette traditionally used to be more of a a goal mouth poacher. Um, So, the crossing game doesn't suit us. So you're actually right. So to not make excuses but to to put a different perspective on things, we've actually played two coaches from the same country with a very similar system yes. with an understrength arsenal with injuries, all right? Now, I'll throw a point back to you because all of us have got excited about the Europa League, okay? It's been great. So it's been more free-flowing football played on instinct with our youngsters. It all gives us a boner. That's just the way it is. We all love our own to succeed. Now, apart from the relentless um, selection of Ann, who can just suck my hairy balls, Mm. would one of those players stepping up into this game apart from creating a little bit more chaos, do you think there would have been any um, increased finishing or final ball improvements with that?
0: My argument is everywhere where we can make changes are in areas of the pitch that I don't think are the detrimental parts to our game, right? So, for example, if you were to play Nelson instead of Willian. Well, Nelson's going to give you more once overs, more dynamism, more fast pace, more fast tempo. But yeah. he has never produced a great final third entry ball for us. And Willie Ann does have a decent delivery when he's up into those areas. I mean, not to mention that mm. the fullbacks are going beyond them at the moment, which is a whole nother.
1: Whole well, nother they're, 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 they're our entire attacking outlet at the moment. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. when
0: we're in this, like, if you ever watch The Mighty Ducks, we are literally a flying V right?
1: (laughs) Quack, quack, quack,
0: quack, quack, Quack. right? We're an an inverted flying V and there's nothing in the center of our V. We need to be a flying triangle.
1: Yeah. Flying fucking W. Yeah.
0: You know, something to that, something to that effect. But just to, just to circle back to, to normality. Um, I did say in my tweet, I don't know that, other than not playing Lacazette and playing Emil Smith-Rowe, who has been back for one fucking game of Europa. So I, I can I can completely understand why you then wouldn't throw a kid to the Wolves against Tottenham. And I think that people are talking about, oh, start Balogun. From fucking what? From one erect moment where he scuffed a ball on the turn. Like I know that he looks a little bit like Danny Welbeck and looks like the shape that you want. So I'm just Toby. I'm, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm just, to,
1: saying, me, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, me no, no, rant away. no, 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 I will. But I'll just say that Balogun, apart from that little cameo in the game before, actually didn't look anywhere near as good in the Europa League game midweek. Whereas I actually thought Eddie looked shit hot with everything that he was doing. And it I just didn't Eddie always. Ca- quite
0: good when he came on against Tottenham because he, he did. It just
1: things things come didn't come. Off for him. So I also Toby, don't this understand. Toby,
0: this, is the, this is the fucking problem when everyone is looking towards kids to come in and change the direction of an ocean of shit, mm. right? You are only going to get brief glimpses of these guys being fantastic. You are even seeing it in soccer now. Right, That people were of the intent, of, because he had played that season and because he had played for England and he'd done all this stuff, that he was a complete player. He's not a complete player. He's still a kid. He still needs to be in a system that makes him feel like he is important. He still needs to be in a system where the people around him do the right thing. So to answer your question, Toby, if I'm looking at the players who would have or could have changed this, there's only one place that I can really put my finger on And I can look at Arteta and I can go, why? In no system do you make sense. Why? It's Granit Jacker, right? It makes no sense. Why is he up there in the final third trying to pop final third entry balls when he's just been cunting things into fucking Rosette for weeks and weeks and weeks with heavy touches and heavy passes? Why are you playing him in a counter-attacking team where the thing that matters most is that if you do get caught out of position and you know that you're going and you're fighting with a Tottenham, that you have recovery speed to turn on. That's the position where I would have considered playing Ainsley, Maitland, Niles in there because you would have got bona fide stand-up defending and bona fide recovery speed. But I will caveat this by saying this again, Toby, the same thing I said about ESR. You've got a guy who has played, ESR has played one and a bit games or two bits of a game since he came back and Ainsley Maitland-Niles has had one performance all year out of midfield yeah.
1: against Rapid I, I, Vienna. Okay. I, I think AMN, I actually don't have a problem with Arteta not rewarding AMN straight away. He played 93 minutes against Rapid Vienna. He showed one good performance. What I love about that is he's been fed in and he'll get another opportunity now in the, in the Europa League. So I think I'm happy that AMN has at least got a crack in central midfield, the Xhaka thing, who the fuck knows why Arteta. Tr- Arteta obviously trusts him more to not leave his space and add more defensively. And before you counter that about how his defensive stats are crap, I know that most of us Why would not, have why, picked...
0: not play El- why not play El Neni then? But if El Neni and party had been able to dominate the midfield against Manu. Why not pick our Nenny and Party again? Well, especially but part, especially if Party was on one leg and you needed someone to do his running. Jesus Christ, that's
1: the million dollar question. All right. Now I laughed my ass off when Xhaka was selected because I knew all of our group would lose their collective shit. Not that I agreed <laughs> they did, they with did. the <laughs> not and it's not that I agreed with the selection because I just assumed. That El Neni would be partnering Partey or Party because they'd had such a good performance when they discovered them as a duo. So I and I I understand that Lacazette made that three. So there there is there are things that Arteta is seeing on the training pitch, and he is much more qualified than we are to make those decisions. Mm. However. I would have picked on any just because of more of the speed of movement on the ball and then the motor to get back and forth. I I think we all know and think that um, the Xhaka thing is over and it's time for us to start moving on. And even, you know, even if they're players that are perceived less quality, we need to start thinking forward rather than thinking backwards. The only thing I might ask, and this this doesn't... um, you know, on the second goal with him getting caught up the pitch and not paying any attention to Partey coming off, the only thing, that's my little caveat, by the way, but the only thing I can think is because we actually played with a central pairing rather than a back three, is that his job was to sit deep again and make up a, a three at certain times, you know, and, and that Arteta trusted him to do that. Now, Arteta actually played... El Neni very deep against Rapid Vienna and let AMN do more roaming and Lacazette drop deep. And I actually mm. thought El Neni had a very poor game against Rapid Vienna. So I wonder whether that comes into it or whether that was always the plan. You no, know, or he drops as,
0: as pseudo fucking pundits, Toby. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said we're not in the training session. We don't see how people are reacting. We don't see how people have pulled up. We haven't seen how well Nenny has pulled up after being out of the game for, you know. Two well, he weeks, couldn't. He couldn't
1: like train with the squad for fourteen days, so maybe he yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. sharp enough.
0: Yeah. And maybe, you know? and maybe he looked at that Rapid Vienna game, and maybe he gave him that first forty minutes in the Rapid Vienna game, thinking, "Well, show me if you're back to full fitness, and if you're back to full fitness, I can pull you off after forty minutes and play you next week." Mm-hmm. And maybe he didn't. And we're just sort of p- providing some devil's advocate mm. stuff here, Toby. So we'll move on because I think we've actually covered that off a lot better than the vast majority of podcasts that I've listened because we haven't just sit, sat here going like, oh, he's fucking shit and he's a cunt, um, which I think is, you know, is, is important for you and me. We're also sober, which is, you know, also helps Makes us a difference. to do uh, it. Yeah, unlike last week on the last Asperger's OG where I was half cut and I was like, fuck you, fucking fuck uh, you.
1: It sounded better than I thought it did at the time. Yeah, it, so.
0: sounded, it felt drunker when I was doing it. It sounded more sober afterwards. And um, So, look, let's move on because I think we've – like I said, I think we've managed to carry that off and we've looked at the reasons why things might have happened and we've looked at the reasons why we think other things may not have happened, right? So, moving aside – Two other things I want to cover off from the game, and we don't have to spend a huge amount of time on them, and then we can get into the general crux of for the last kind of half an hour or not.
1: Okay.
0: Thomas Partey not sitting down on the floor when he had that injury and instead walking over to Mikel Arteta and saying, I want to come off, which opens up the space for their second goal. During a period of time where we had been dominant, we'd come back into the game, and we were actually looking to yeah. start to create some chance. Last 10 minutes yeah, yeah, start, probably, yeah. probably our best 10 minutes. Yep. Was that, in your opinion, the way it was, in my opinion, after I looked at it, Thomas Party, a little bit of a fuck you to Mikel Arteta, like walking over to him like, I'm gone, get me off, I'm gone? Or was it the <sighs> fact that, because he's a semi-only player, Toby, has played Champions League finals, and you would think that these people would know when you're injured, you sit down on the floor.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I actually haven't watched it back. I actually haven't watched anything back from the game, which is very good of me when we're trying to analyse the game.
0: Okay, well, I'll explain um, it to you. Thomas Partey, Arsenal are making an attack down the left wing. No, no, no. I, I know how it all played down. Turns around, I, to, yeah. turns around and walks over to Arteta. So whether you saw it or not, I guess I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether or not you think that that was a, a, a poor decision by Thomas Partey. Or whether you thought that that was a, a maybe the way I sort of read into it a little bit of a death knell into Michelangelo for him to walk over there and be like, "Get me off, I'm done." Mm, I,
1: I I don't have a response for it because I feel that I'm just making something up that I don't have the authority so we're,
0: we're to we're say. For. We're or, or, okay, so, okay. So or let's even turn, interpret. Let's, let's turn it into okay. So instead of you saying I can't answer the question, which doesn't make for great content, but we'll move on. Um, how about we turn it around and we say, is it possible that Mikel Arteta pushed party into the game and that that could be considered to be another poor managerial decision from him that may that's make what that I'd, team that's what Partey, look at it and say, well, why did you do that? That's what I'd rather
1: talk about because in terms of managerial decisions, I think that's a zero out of 10. So yeah. pushing... Push it. none of us expected to see party this game, none of us. And it was always going to be one of Xhaka, Sabayos, and El or oh, Two of, sorry. So when I saw his name on the team sheet, I was like, holy fuck, I thought he was out until after New Year's. So for, for me, it's certainly a case of a massive gamble, a Hail Mary, if you will, to include him when he clearly wasn't ready. Now... It Yes, it gave us the option of playing a back four, but who gives a fuck when, from what we've been discussing, it probably wasn't the right option anyway. Yes, he provided something different and had a couple of, like, quotation marks Vieira moments, which looked, which looked brilliant. But that has absolutely fucked us in the ass for the festive period, uh, yeah. which is traditionally, you know... The, the hardest and our worst performing time of the year where we nine times out of 10 shit the bed and go from a reasonable position into also rands. So I think it's absolutely, um, what's the word? Farcical, the decision to uh um, you know to make that particular about,
0: call. Maybe Party was the one who wanted to push for it because he wanted to play in a North London derby. Yeah. So well
1: we'll don't... never know. We'll never know because no, we're not I, in the inner country. I'm,
0: I'm just providing the I guess I'm just providing the context to say that yeah. these are the different these are the different arguments that are out there. You would I assume it, I also don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Arteta looked at this game and thought if I don't go out there and win this, I've maybe got three games to get my head out of my ass, or I'm going to be in trouble because I've got Burnley, Southampton, and Everton all coming up really quickly. And he yeah. deemed that as a reasonable enough risk. I think it also uh, points. It to was the fact a gamble. It was a gamble. He went. He went all in so bad that he felt that he would rather play Thomas Partey on the on the. the People are saying that he looked like he was off the pace. I didn't think no, he looked like he I was off the so. pace at all. People I, th- are saying, I thought he
1: looked oh, awesome. I thought he looked
0: people are saying, instantly people are saying our best Barthes player. One leg uh, was better than all no, the rest I, of the team. And I was like, I, I didn't, didn't see, see that. I, 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 I don't agree with that. I thought that he looked like I he was, thought he was better, better
1: than everyone else, but I never thought he was on one leg. Which
0: is, a, which is a worrying statement. I think that's a narrative that people have employed post-game after seeing him injured. I think if he hadn't yeah, had yeah, got injured, no one would have been sitting there saying, like maybe he wasn't 100%, but no one would have been sitting there saying, oh, party was at 40% well, or 50%.
1: No, and, and, I, and I remember the surging run where he beat everyone and then elbowed that cunt in the head, which was yeah. brilliant. And then um, we fucked it up. He'd created the space, and I think Bellerin fucked it up for the yeah. first of 100,000 yeah. so times I don't, so I, don't I,
0: I don't buy into that. And to play at that level, it must mean that you would have been able to pass a rudimentary fitness test in hindsight, looking at it now, especially taking the loss and the manner of the loss, uh, it looks like a terrible decision. So park yep. that. Happy to park it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Next piece to cover off, Toby, and then we will move into kind of the the wider arching stuff. So Pierre Emerick uh least touches on the pitch again. Uh, Granted, Let, let's put Awful. all of the ca- let's put all the caveats in place before we have the conversation, Toby. Let's just put all sure. the caveats in place that everyone wants. I don't think the team is playing to his strengths. I don't think no. the ball is coming through the middle the way that he wants the ball to come through the middle to him. I yep. don't think that the style of play that was implemented at the start of the year has filled him with enough confidence for him now to turn it around and start banging in goals. Yeah, all of these caveats are
1: And we we seem not to be playing out from the back anymore, which is what was creating the space for him in the first place.
0: Yeah. So all of those caveats on the table, Toby, is in fucking awful form. Absolutely awful form. And now does not even look like you can see a striker who's out of goal-scoring form. Lacazette would be an example of this, out of goal-scoring form out of passing form, out of touch form, still trying, still trying to kill himself to get back Mm. into form, which is what seems to have given Lacazette and the Lacazette supporters' trust. He's had so much more rope than any other people Mm. would have had. Um, But it looks with Pierre now that he is so over it, so upset with it that he doesn't even want to go and look for it anymore. And I'll tell you what, that ball from Lacazette into him in the second half where it comes across him in the area where he wants, where he's isolated Mm. one-on-one with the defender, where in the FA Cup last year, very, very similar ball, he takes that one touch outside the player and dinks the keeper. Instead, he kind of takes it, stands up, and just boots it with his left foot first time. I don't want to have a conversation, Toby, about the age profile, the weight of the contract, the captaincy. I don't want to have a conversation about that. I want to have a very simple conversation with you, and it's a very easy question. For once, it's not a question wrapped in another question. It's just a simple question. Does Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang require some time on the bench or in the Europa League squad to refine some form? How long can you continue to persist with someone with this degree of poor form and loss of interest?
1: I don't think you can. It's like my Pepe response from the other from the other day. I think you just got to keep him in there and hope that something falls his way and something makes his dick hard again. Because I don't think dropping him down to a level, maybe you could drop him down a level when he plays a couple of games in a week. That could be a gamble in terms of his fitness, um, but he could find some goal scoring form or some more freedom to play the game that he wants to play. But I don't think we've got anyone who is going to come in and do a better job. So it's better for this, and and maybe um, this reflects the the manager side of things as well, you just got to stick and eventually the cream will rise to the top and some of the quality is going to come back. Something will come off at some point, whether it's a bundled-in goal or something like that, and or a game against an opposition that suits us a little bit better will open up and and things will will improve. I don't think. I mean, you could you could rest him for a game and bring him on for the last 30, 30 minutes. I mean that that could work. You could have you could have an Eddie starting against lesser opposition and just get him to do everything in fast forward like he usually does. The only problem with that is you run the risk of all the pressure going on to Yang and us chasing the game again if things aren't working out. But look, I reckon you just got to play him through. There will be some natural squad rotation anyway because you can't get through the Christmas period without it. Um, but you just got to fingers crossed. Burnley is not a great team, and they're not what they were anymore. They've been in the Premiership for a long time now. You've got. I tell
0: you my- about the Burnley game, just very quickly, Toby, is that the what? blueprint to how to nullify Arsenal is already in place from the last two games from Wolves and Tottenham. And that a Burnley will just literally be like sit in a low block, control the middle third, head everything out. And it could end well, up being just, we need a smash and grab.
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think we've got to try and score early. I mean, you remember Wenger always used to say how important the first goal is and and we did get caught with our pants down a number of times with that tactic, but um, you know you do have to um you do have to at least attempt to score that first goal. Mm, mm,
0: absolutely. I, I didn't absolutely. read
1: that comment. Did, did you want to read it out?
0: Oh, no, no, it's just just Humbo Gumble just saying that the the missed header from TNE's cross sums up Ober's present state of mind. Um. Yeah, look, it's pretty much dropped on his head, and anyone at any level, you would expect to be steering that. But I, I, I find it odd that someone can say that. That's it's. How many goals not has started. he actually
1: scored with us with his head?
0: Oh, it wouldn't be entire... it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be any Toby, but I mean any footballer presented with, and I'll say this about Saka's missed head.
1: He should have done. Recently. He should have done better, mind you. He I'm not. I'm not excusing so, him. Of it.
0: I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to. Uh, uh, You know, admonish him of responsibility because he is not a good header of the ball. It needs to be recognised that that is not the key part of his game. But I mean, you still train. You train with your head. So I don't fucking know. You know, head the ball. Yeah. At least, at least try and steer. it. It seems so bad. It seems so technically bad from a heading perspective to get under it that much for a ball that's like dropped across and on your head. Oh, it was horrible, was- and, and
1: it was and it was in the forty sixth or forty seventh minute. So it was an opportunity for us to get back in to the game. Um, and just to elaborate on that, it's it's almost a waste for us having Kieran Tierney in our team because he seems to be an old school defender. In that you know he just runs his ass off. You know his motor is huge. He flies into everything. He's everything you want as a fan. You know, and he he loves chalk on his boots and he whips in crosses, and we just don't have anyone that can finish anything that he does. So it's like all of that effort is for naught at the end of the day. And it's really frustrating. And I feel frustrated for him, who's giving his all, and we don't have anyone around him that suits his particular game. You know, it's it's, it's almost like like fucking. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, bloody kebab meathead. You know, Kalasenac under Emery, the shittest player, technically unsuitable to football in general, has been far more effective than Tierney in terms of um, assisting outputs because the actual game was set up more for his for him to influence it. You know, that entire Emery system where we would overlap. He would burn down and effectively pass the ball back for an open-foot finish. That suits a Bamiang's game. Whipping the ball in these delicious balls with lovely curl and all of that stuff, and all of the workload that 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 um, does and commits, and you you're throwing balls to
0: nothing, to nobody we've actually looked quite good. But I think, again, you're coming up against a Wolves team and a Tottenham team who are aware of the fact that in the wide spaces, the dangerous area is the byline. The safe area is out wide with a whipped-in cross. And and that goes back to what I was saying before about how I think a lot of people don't look at the other team and they think that Arsenal have the divine right to go and impose themselves on every game. And that Arteta goes out there and says, we're going to play like this, and the players are allowed to play the way that Arteta wants them to play. I think well, they, 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 the fan base. The they, team. It is the opposing team's job, and we saw it against Leeds that we came out and were battering Leeds for the first 15 minutes. And is it Belsa? Belsa, Belsa, Belsa made a change and completely nullified it. He just pulled someone off drop someone into midfield and that was yep. it Arsenal's channels were broken and we were going pointless U-shaped possession and then they ripped
1: oh, us. Correct, correct. And can I say one thing as well is that us as Arsenal fans, a friend of mine is a is a West Ham fan and he like he always throws shit at me to stir me up and you know you know me, Max, it's not hard to get a reaction out of me because I have the resolve of an ant. You know, yeah. I just fucking fire up and jump at anything that anyone throws at me. But he's like, you glory hunters are so fucking arrogant that you think you've got the divine right to be in and amongst it always. He's like, why don't you be a proper fan and suffer the way that we all do?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and Toby, I completely agree. And that was, I, I, I was sort of arguing with some guys in our group this morning, and I was saying things along those lines. I was like, from top to bottom, our club hasn't acted in a way or represented itself, its managers, its players, its board, in a way over the last 10 years that would give us the right to be a top four team. And that's the reason why we're not a top four team. Because none no, of, I... of the pieces puzzle, none of the structural pieces that make up the crux of a successful organization have been built in a manner where they're all moving in the same direction and doing the right thing. And do you know what, Toby? Let's 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 just move on to the last part of the show because we we didn't want to ramble on too much tonight. And all of this is kind of kind of built into the last part of the show because it's going to encompass everything that we talk about. Yeah. And can yeah. I just say that that comment that you made I think is such a nail on the head comment. And such a solvent comment for all Arsenal fans to listen to. And, you know, if you listen to Darren, who I do clock end talk with, you know, Darren's been a fan of this football club for a really fucking long time. And I'll give you his statement last week. He said, in a way, I'm not that upset that we're this shit. Because it's about time that people who have only been following this football club for the last 20 years, learn what it is to be an Arsenal fan. And, these toxic and a fan in shit, general.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yep.
0: Shit, who think that they have this right to be a top club because of previous uh, successes, right? That maybe if we get shit enough, some of these toxic mentalities will leave and we can get back to being a proper fan base. You know, look at teams, and, and, like- and also,
1: also, football's moved on, and a lot of these top teams now have the highest investment and the most aggressive investment and the most aggressive foreign ownership. So it's not even the same playing field when we were at our peak, either. It's yeah, not like Man United are fucking are flying either at the moment. We are
0: literally playing financially in the six, seven, eighth, ninth, tenth bracket, which is
1: about which park. is about where we are. So I'm not saying. Enjoy no, 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 it no. or don't question Toby. it, but I'm saying be a, fan. Be a better be a fan. fan. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Shout out shout out to Darren. Cause I think Darren is uh is sometimes the voice of reason in and amongst what we what we do as someone who's been there and seen it and done it and is essentially an old cunt. Um Toby, so final piece of the uh, final piece that we're gonna chat about today. And I've intentionally left it till the end, and I've intentionally made it so it's not the main part of the podcast Mm -hmm. because it seems to be the main part of everyone's podcast. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a little statement to you. You don't really need to answer the statement. You can come back to me with what you think, but I'll sort of get it out and put it on the table. I basically put a tweet out today saying, in summary, this. If you are not starting to question Mikel Arteta, I think that there is something wrong with you because as a fan, you have to question When the same players being picked in the same systems, well, it's not actually the same system, different systems, small tweaks, but the same players being asked to do the same sorts of roles, having failures to do those roles or failures to achieve those roles. So if you're not in a position where you're looking at Mikel Arteta and you're starting to question his coaching, I would argue that you have an agenda in place the same way that those same people would argue that someone who had an Arteta out agenda would have an agenda in place. So... All things considered, my statement is I do not think that this club has an appetite to get rid of Mikel Arteta. I believe that the club understands that 2021 has been marked on the collective fan base's calendars for a very long time as an opportunity to reset and change the direction that the club has been heading in probably since the last year of Wenger. In saying that, if we run into January and we are down in 16th and 17th, and we have picked up, let's say, one point out of a possible nine against Burnley, Southampton, and Everton. It is going to take a board of monumental strength and monumental resolve not to push the eject button and get rid of Arteta knowing that even though that's not what they wanted to do, it may be what they have to do to protect us against the unthinkable which I don't think will happen, but also also to quell what will end up being mass fan protest. That is my statement.
1: Yeah. Well, in answer to your statement that isn't a question, yeah, totally. I um, I think Arteta has been backed to the hilt. I think we've put too many things in place to put our eggs in that particular basket. Um, you know, we've made a lot of changes, you know, backroom staff, not backroom staff, but sorry, in an executive level and given Arteta an awful lot of power. I think it would be insane of us to get rid of him now. In answer to your question statement, the only thing is if we're left with no choice, where we're so close or actually in the relegation zone that you bring in someone of greater experience that can give us the new manager bounce. For us, I still believe he is the opportunity for us to pull ourselves out of our doldrums because I don't think using the model of a club with more money and bringing in an Allegri or someone like that who's going to bring in a whole backroom team of Italians, demand hundreds of millions of pounds, and to make it his way or the highway. I think we have the right, the beginnings of the right model in place, someone who understands the club and someone who understands the culture of the club, um, who has shown maybe before his time, you know, maybe the FA Cup was a little bit, we, we expected too much because what he did was played in a system that got the most out of a pretty shitty squad of players and then all of us dumb pricks including ourselves were going top four top four you know all of that type of thing I love so that. well okay but you're a miserable cunt so that doesn't <laughs> surprise me so in in a long-winded answer to that particular question um, no i don't think we should get rid of him now will it become we don't have a choice we'll see over the next four four games
0: that is my that is my hope, Toby. My hope is that Arteta does not force this to happen in a way, or a combination of Arteta and the players don't force the 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 board's hand through a, an, an ongoing poor run of form and poor run of results. Because for anyone, Toby, and we've seen this across world football, for anyone at any level, you can be a Real Madrid manager, you can have won champions leagues. You can be Jose Mourinho and have won three Premier Leagues and have a proven track record over an extensive career on multiple continents that you are a winner. And still be fired for for yep. not getting results. Now in this case this isn't a, a team who should be winning it in fourth or fifth or sixth getting fired. That that it's not the same for me. This is a club who was who finished eighth who at bare minimum, I think that the expected requirement would have been to finish in the same position. The The intention would have been to be better, but to finish in the same position would have been the bare minimum. Like I said in my statement, Toby, I genuinely believe that the Arsenal board does not have an appetite to do this. I genuinely believe that they think that they got someone, whether on the cheap or through, on the cheap or very lucky enough to have been able to get someone who may be the next person, that they have chosen this particular route and this particular avenue, and that that is where their appetite is to keep him. In saying that, I buy into the the exact same things that you've been saying, the exact same things that you've been saying. There will come a point where it is no longer possible for them to continue to back. And the way Newcastle were too big to go down... The way you would even think that a villa maybe was too big to go down, having come off the back of years of being under – what was his name? O'Leary, you know, giving us runs for games and fifths and sixths and finishes like that. The way that Leeds went down. I think that there's two schools of thought with the whole relegation chat. People who are saying it's absolutely impossible, it could never happen, Uh, and people who think that it's really possible and could happen – I believe that both are equally true and equally measurable. Is it possible for Arsenal to get relegated? Yes, it was possible for Leicester to win the fucking Premiership. You know, is it is it hugely unlikely that Arsenal could get relegated with the resources, squad depth, and how bad some of the teams are below us and and the the low points, um, the low points collection of those teams. Yes, it's also very, very unlikely. In my opinion, Toby, I think that provided Arsenal are outside of the relegation battle, and that could be six points, that could be nine points, that could be 12 points. As long as we're not in danger of a relegation battle, I think it would take a player walkout of like monumental, like monumental, like full-blown down tools, people not coming to fucking training for this parachute cord to get pulled. Anything you want to add on to that, champion? You're on mute, buddy. You're on mute. Well done, fella.
1: I said agreed on that, but I really have to go. We need to yeah. end this.
0: Not a problem. Okay, guys, you've been listening to The Ass Bros OG with me and Toby. Um, we've tried to give you quite a, I think, quite a reasonable and quite an open-minded approach to the things that have happened. Um, we tried to be less tribal. We know that it hurts. We know that it's Tottenham. We know that there's reasons and we know that there's things that you need as Arsenal fans, that we need as Arsenal fans to be able to progress and to be able to get up in the morning and feel good about ourselves. The one thing I would say just finally is let's all take a collective couple of breaths this week. Let's have a look at how the next three games pan out. And I tell you what, for all you Arteta outs, I won't be that far off of being there with you if we come out of the next three games with one point or less and so chin up Gunas. i think there's lots of reasons to still be confident not obviously that we're going to do anything that we're going to win the premiership or that we're going to finish in top 4 even in 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 um or even that we are going to be in and around the europa league places but i don't think it's all doom and gloom and i think that 2021 is beckoning and for any of us who thought that that this was going to change while we still had the likes of the mustafis and the kalasinaxes and the Louises and the Urzels all taking up all this massive amount of money and all taking up essentially first-team positions, and that we could countenance having those first-team positions not there and not having players in those roles affecting the, affecting the team in a positive outcome, I think it's always been silly of us to think that we were going to be anything ever better than a 6th, 7th or 8th team. Unfortunately, currently, we're sitting in 16th. Onwards and upwards, Gooners. We'll see you next week. I don't know whether Mandy's going to do And Arse Bros Extreme. He hasn't resurfaced. I assume he's drowning under a blanket of anger. And Scunny Mike will be back with the Friday ass previewing what will hopefully be 5-0 against Burnley. Good night.